Hello, my name is Will Stafford, and you are listening to Unqualified. I do not have my accomplice today, Andrew. Sadly, he has lots of things to do outside of a amateur podcast, which that's okay. I believe that I can get through it uh, because we definitely have a lot to talk about in today's episode because a lot happened. A lot happened, especially for the state of Arkansas. Um, Obviously, things happened. Um, Things happened in the football world. Um, Things happened in the basketball world a little bit. Uh, as of today, as of right now that I am recording this, things have happened in the basketball world. Um, just a lot of things that I could go over, uh, talk about, um, give my takes on things. Um, and see how um, a one-person podcast would go for me. As I said, my name is Will Stafford. I am a sophomore at Arkansas State University. Uh, and this is Unqualified. Uh, normally, it's run by me and my best friend, Andrew. Um, but today he cannot join me. Uh, Unqualified is a podcast where, uh, normally a group of friends or where two friends really, uh, have absolutely no sports credibility to their names. And I give my takes, we give our takes on stories and headlines in the sports world. Now we say in the sports world, we really like to focus on, uh, on Arkansas sports, Arkansas state. Uh, which is where we're based out of. Um, I do want to thank Arkansas State for giving us such a great opportunity. Uh, they give us so many great, um, so much great equipment, so, uh, such a great opportunity to just um, have fun making a podcast and or just a radio show, if you want to call it that. You know, it, it, it it's a big deal. Not a lot of people get this opportunity. So, um, yeah. So I think the best thing to start off with on the topic of Arkansas State is Arkansas State football. Now, since the last episode, there we have played two games. Arkansas, the Red Wolves have gone through two weeks worth of games. We played Memphis and then I believe Washington last week. Uh, it's Tuesday at the time of recording. Um, it was Saturday, this past Saturday that we played Washington. Did not have a good outing at Washington, but we'll talk about that in just a second. Um, first game against Memphis ended up being 55 to 50, did a lot better than, um, what I expected them to do after the first, uh, first half, um, because they certainly did not look too sharp out there, uh, in the first half because, and, and, and that happens. I mean, you know, sometimes you just don't go out there and look very sharp. That happens to the Arkansas Razorbacks all the time and they're ranked 16 in the nation now. Um, you know, it happens, um. One thing I did notice, however, uh, in both games was that the secondary really needs some work. I, I noticed that um, I noticed this last season as well, in the 2020-2021 season, um, and you can't base much off of that season just because um, so much happened, obviously, and um, it was not a good year for sports in general. Um work on the secondary doesn't surprise me at all because I did see it a little bit in that season. Um, it felt as if every time the ball got past the line of scrimmage, um, Arkansas State's defense couldn't do anything to keep up. And 
um, a lot of times, actually every time that happens, you're going to get, you're going to get burned every time. I mean, we saw it, we saw it with Arkansas, uh, this past week against, uh, man, what is their names? Somebody. It's somebody. Um, yeah, they played somebody. Um, but it, it's what happens when you are not prepared. Um, Arkansas would take the ball through KJ uh, Jefferson and just throw it downfield, get a 40-yard gain because the uh, defense's secondary couldn't keep up. And so, and that happens. Uh, it happens a lot in high school, too. I mean, I, I watched a lot of that kind of thing happen in high school. Um, and that, and as I keep on reiterating, it happens. Um, but it can be worked on. How? I don't know. I'm not a coach. I'm unqualified. Boom. See? Always unqualified. Um, but as I said, the wor- the secondary is not surprising. It happened in this it happened it, they struggled in the 2020-2021 season. Um it they just struggle to keep up with um with wideouts. It's just it, it it's a thing that you would think a secondary would know what to do, but they're just not trained or, and they're not they don't practice I don't want to say they don't practice correctly because I am not a football player at all. Uh, I just watch football. I just go to games, man. Um, I certainly, though, would like to see a little bit of work on the secondary. Um, but, you know, who am I to say that the secondary looks horrible? Who am I to say that the secondary looks fantastic? I'm not. I have no, I have, I have no right to be saying any of this, but uh, it's my opinion. It's always my opinion. And another opinion I do have is that James Blackman 100% looks ready to lead the Red Wolves by far. And I say that um, even when he's sharing some drives or some games with Lane Hatcher. Um, James Blackman started the Memphis game, started pretty well. I mean, he started pretty pretty on the line he wasn't he wasn't bad but he wasn't good either he was just on the line I don't want to say mediocre because he's certainly better than me by leaps and bounds um but he I mean James Blackman looks ready to lead he and and if the offense if the offensive line could buy him more time he would be even better because even Blackman completed passes under pressure really really well in both weeks he really was able to um, fumble out of the pocket, not literally fumble, but he was able to get out of the pocket and make really t- passes that are, I mean, look insane. And I, I mean, he he's doing it at such great efficiency as well. Um, you know, the wide receivers, wide receivers at Arkansas State really know how to make make space for themselves. Um, I saw I saw it in person. Uh, at the Memphis game, they know how to get away from um, from from uh, a defensive secondary. Um, it's just a matter of airing it out, um, and many times that's not the easiest thing to do because you don't want to just air it out to some random just to just hoping that somebody will catch it. I mean, really, the only people that I can think of. That can actually do that, or Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill uh, from the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, even Patrick Mahomes himself said, "Sometimes I just throw it up and hope Tyreek is somewhere there," and sometimes that can work. 
It works for them way more than it probably should. But at Arkansas State, that's probably not the smartest. Um, it's not the smartest thing to do, as I said. But sometimes it's it's all you can do. Um, it's better to just air it. Some most of the time, it is better to just air it out uh, towards one of your receivers than to get sacked for a loss of five or six. Um, then again, it could also lead to an interception. So there's there are so many possibilities that could come out of something like that, and you know, who, again, who am I to say, say that, but I mean, James Blackman did absolutely fantastic. And he, I mean, he genuinely looked, I mean, really perfect in it. Um, I mean, Lane Hatcher, I'm sorry, no, um, James Blackman started the Memphis game. Um, and had no turnovers throughout throughout the whole game. Um, no turnovers, that means no interceptions, no fumbles. They just couldn't turn offense into touchdowns. They couldn't turn passes into touchdowns. Um, they would get close, mess, mess up a small play, and not get anywhere. A-State overall seemed like the better team. Uh ASU had 35 first downs through the whole game with with Memphis only having 24. That is a big deal. First downs in any case are a big deal. Uh, ASU took it, when it came to passing, 582 yards for the home team, Red Wolves. Uh, and Memphis only had 417 yards. But where Memphis got Arkansas State was on the rushing. Brandon Thomas had an incredible game. For Memphis, there were 263 yards on the ground to 98 to the Red Wolves. Brandon Thomas for Memphis had 191 of those 263 yards for Memphis. He had two touchdowns, and that's only on 18 carries. Now, I'm going to repeat that. 191 yards, two touchdowns on 18 carries. And what do you do? I'm personally from North Rock myself. Brandon Thomas is also from North Rock. Um, he we graduated at the same time. Uh, dude is a menace. Dude is a menace when it comes to when it comes to running the ball. I mean, he he's incredible. It's very hard to stop the dude. He has in he has a very physical build. He's very big, but he is very fast on the ground as well. It's very difficult to catch up with him if he gets past you uh, at all. It's as I said though. I mean, Arkansas State had an incredible 582 yards of passing uh, for the entire game. But that rarely turned into offense until the third quarter when James Blackman was subbed in. He was subbed in at around the 219 mark of the third quarter. He ended up throwing for 306 yards and four touchdowns, going 19 of 28 on passing attempts. He had one quarter and roughly two minutes to throw 300 yards. That's incredible. Like, that, that is unfathomable. Un, 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 you guys know what I'm trying to say. Um, but really, like, that is, that is 17 total minutes of game time. For James Blackman. 
assuming that he didn't share any drives. And I'm not completely sure if he shared any drives in the fourth quarter. But from just that, from just those stats, I have a feeling he did not share any, right? And even then, 17 total minutes isn't him on the field for 17 total minutes. That's 17 minutes of both teams being on both sides of the ball. He stayed in until the final drive of the game, starting at the 219 mark in the third quarter. He stayed in the entire time and put on a a absolute circus of a of a and that's I say circus in a good way. And I think everybody knows that. I mean 306 yards in 17 minutes is no nothing to scoff at by any by any means by anybody. I mean you know, if if Kyler Murray did that on a regular basis, he'd be the MVP every single week, right? I mean, James Blackman, that's nothing to scoff at by any means. Now, the game didn't start off good. But I mean, by any sense of the matter, it, it didn't start off good at all. We had a Arkansas State had a jump start when James Blackman popped in, but. It's very difficult to come back when you're when you've already allowed uh, the opposing team to score forty plus points. Um, it's, I mean, the defense just needed momentum at the end of the day, and they just couldn't find that. And and like and the big thing I've been saying is it happens. It absolutely happens. I don't play defense. If I played, if I if I ever played football, I would I would be a wide receiver, but because I, I don't have the build for defense by any means, maybe a cornerback. I don't know, but I mean, it happens. 55 points, no matter who you're facing, no matter who you are, giving up that many points isn't acceptable by any margin, even if you only lose by five. I could score 50 points. They score Arkansas State scored 50 points the entire game and still lost because they allowed so many big plays mostly to the mostly to the laughing matter for Brandon Thomas, but it's a big deal. You cannot give up 55 points in any game. You can't give up 50 plus points in any game. You can't give up I I don't think you should be I don't think you should be giving up 40 plus points a game at all. No matter who you are. Even if you're the Miami Dolphins, you can't be giving up 40 points a game. That's just that's that's not good football. And I know I'm being a little harsh, but it's just my opinion. Don't base your opinions off of mine because I certainly do not fully understand what I am talking about on my own at all. But I have a reason for being upset at 50-plus points because the next week, this past Saturday, they allowed 52 points to Washington. That's back-to-back games where they allowed 50-plus points to be scored on them. They were outscored 28 to 0 in the first half to Washington. And I mean the only the only team I can think about that comes back from that type of deficit are in the New England Patriots against the Atlanta Falcons. 
If there are any Atlanta Falcons fans out there, I apologize for bringing up what is probably a very, very, very sore memory. If I were to guess, it'd be a sore memory for me. And I'm a Cowboys fan, so you can probably imagine how, uh, how, the, how, uh, how sore memories can be. Trust me, I know. But not only does defense need to be addressed, offense never even got a jump start. They scored, Arkansas State scored three points in the entire game. And even that, they had to wait until the one minute mark in the third quarter to score their only three points of the game. That's not good. I think you could ask anybody. You could ask Stephen A. Smith and be like, hey, is three points good? We scored three points in the third quarter, and that's all we scored the whole game. Is that good? He's going to yell blasphemy, and he's automatically automatically just going to start yelling at you. Shoot, I think Max Kellerman would start yelling at you. I mean, like, that's wild. Three points in the third quarter, and that's all. That's all. That's all they got the entire game. I would have to. It, I would have to go out on a limb here, and say that is not how you play football. How do you play football? I don't know, dude. I played baseball for fourteen years. I don't know how to play football correctly. But I don't think that's it. And even when they would get the ball down the field and almost score. One one let's put it this way. One instance in where they almost had us they almost scored. They fumbled the ball on the 16-yard line. Arkansas State made it all the way to the 16-yard line. Fumbled it and allowed Washington to return it for 72 yards. Now, right below that stat, I have not much more to say. Because what else is there to say? 52-3 to is unacceptable. Now, I am not here to bash Arkansas State. In fact, I am still an avid Arkansas State Red Wolves fan in every sport. But trust me, as a fan, I believe that I would be at in a, I believe that I am in the right for being kind of upset about three points in a game against a team that really isn't that fantastic. I don't think that 52 to three is good to any coach, to any team to any player, to any fan, or to any media outlet. 52-3 to 3 is not, is not good. And I think we can all agree on that. And like I said, defense is a major emphasis that like needs to be addressed immediately, like as fast as possible. I mean, allowing 50 points in back-to-back games, I wouldn't call that the greatest thing in the world. I would not, I mean, I, you know... I would have to say that is like giving up 150 points in back-to-back games in the NBA or giving up 120 points in back-to-back games in college basketball. It's just not... It's not good. Even if you only lose by five, it's not good at all. I mean, I know I kind of hurt 
I know I kind of bashed on the offense a little bit about the fumble. Offense looks good. The offense looks like they know what they're doing. But the offense needs to figure out a way to get the run game going. Because trust me, passing gets you a long way. Just ask Tom Brady. Just ask Aaron Rodgers. Passing gets you a long way. But in college football, running the ball is the number one way to win a game. As I'm about to talk about uh, here in a few minutes about the Razorbacks, they had 333 rushing yards against Texas, the number 15 uh, team in the nation at the time. And they won that game 40-21. to 21. That's how you win football games in college. You run the ball. You run the ball, you run the ball, you run the ball. Whole bunch. Just keep doing it. Memphis figured that out very, very early on into the season. Arkansas has figured that out very early on into the season. You just have to figure out who you want to run the ball. You have to figure out that, oh, we need, you know, we need Alan Lamar to take over at running back one and just take it and go. A lot of times, I'm going to use the Razorbacks again as a as a talking point uh, to, to bring up my point, that running the ball is not just running the same play over and over again. It's not running the ball in the same spot every time and thinking, oh, this, running, this run game isn't working. We need to start passing the ball. Arkansas does that very, very heavily. Now, they're winning their games, they're, but it's because they're changing things up. What Arkansas will do is they will run this, they will run this fake. KJ Jefferson will take it out of the snap, fake a handoff to the left or right, and then another running back or fullback will run back around and take the ball and, t- and go and basically do a wide swing towards the line of scrimmage. Most of the time, that gets one or two yards. Most of the time. Because it's very easy to read, in my opinion. It's very easy to see when it's coming. Now, I'm not saying Arkansas State does that same play. I haven't seen them try and do that play before. But the same rules would apply. Running the ball down the middle against a very good Memphis defensive line is probably not the smartest thing ever. And that's why they were passing it, to be fair. But eventually, you're going to find a hole in the defense. Now, that might not be enough to win you a game, but that does jumpstart you. That does jumpstart you on the path to success on the, on the ground. But, hey, who am I? Who am I to say, oh, you need to, you really need to keep up and you really, you really need to run the ball here. Don't pass the ball there. Because then that just makes me sound like a piece of garbage, right? Now, on the subject of Arkansas football, Arkansas college football in that case, at the time of writing, at the time of recording, Arkansas has played two games as well. Now, one was bigger than the other, by far. 
by <laughs> by miles it was it was more important on september 11th of 2021 arkansas the arkansas razorbacks took down the soon to be sec rivals the texas longhorns horns down forever baby horns down forever I have never in my life seen Arkansas come together the way they did for that Texas game. At all. I was watching it on TV. I was here in Jonesboro. And I was watching it on TV, and if I felt like I was there. I didn't see how, how sold out the crowd was, but I know it was sold out. I don't know how many people were there, but I know it was sold out. Right? That's electrifying. I cannot imagine what it felt like to be in person. And I have a feeling that's what's going to happen at A&M next week. Or this week, more like, when I'm recording this. It's this week. I can't imagine what it's going to be like in Jerry World. Right? At AT AT&T Stadium. It's going to be electrifying. And as I said, Arkansas figured out the run game immediately. Immediately they figured it out. 333 rushing yards on the day. And that's not just one guy. They split up all of their rushing yards between three different guys. And were still able to effectively ruin the Texas defense. Ruin the morales of Texas coming to the SEC. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I was definitely scared after the first kickoff and we muffed uh, muffed a catch. But we picked it up pretty quick. Pretty, pretty quick. It was a slow start in the first quarter. Um, And let's be honest, that's pretty normal when it comes to Arkansas football. I mean, slow starts are... Slow starts is Arkansas's forte. I mean, (laughs) I'm I'm 19 years old. And, I mean, I've always... I've never seen, other than last week, uh, Arkansas football does not start good uh, to start games at all. And, and and I'm going to stick by that. Eventually, they did pick it up a little bit. The defense, however, never wavered. That is the best defense I've seen by an Arkansas defense in my 19 years of living. By far. I mean, they picked up a they picked up a punt return fumble, and I mean they forced a fumble, picked it up, and then and then that's where it started. That's where the whole game started. And I even have written down, the Arkansas defense carried the team for the entire first half. The Arkansas defense, they forced Texas to punt six times in their first seven drives. Not only that, in the seventh drive, Texas missed a field goal. They didn't allow a score in seven, seven drives. And the only reason Texas ever scored in the first half was because of a very, very athletic interception by the Texas defense on the 26-yard line. Naturally, after an electric defensive play, you probably want to score after that, right? I mean, you probably want to score. But, But seriously, I've never seen an Arkansas defense play this electrically. It's incredible. I've never seen anything like it. And then the offense, once the offense finds their rhythm, it's game over. I mean, Arkansas 
once KJ Jefferson figures out what he wants to do, where he wants to throw on the run, it's unstoppable. And even then, Arkansas has one of the toughest schedules in the league, in, in, in college football in general, by far. I mean, but like, let, 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 let's take a look at it. After the Georgia Southern game starting this week on September 25th, they play Texas A&M, number seven in the nation, and then they play Georgia, number two in the nation, and then they play Ole Miss, number 13 in the nation, and then they play Auburn, number 23 in the nation. And then it's Arkansas Pine Bluff, Mississippi State, who is pretty good, LSU, who is below mediocre, and then Alabama. Everybody hates Alabama if you're not from Alabama, right? But hey, I believe they can do it. There is more hope in Arkansas than there has been in a really long time. Most definitely. I'm excited to be an Arkansas fan. And I live in Jonesboro. <laughs> I mean... It's exciting. It's so exciting, man. Now, I feel like I've talked a lot about talked a lot about Arkansas bass or Arkansas football. I feel like I need to talk a little bit about the NBA. Now, the major thing that came out today was that JJ Redick, a uh, few time All Star, I think, I think, uh, was uh, has retired. Retired from the NBA after 15 seasons. He appeared in the playoffs for 13 of his his first 13 pro seasons. He didn't make the playoffs the past two. I'm sorry, no. He did make the playoffs with the Mavericks in 2021. He did not make it with the Pelicans. I mean, he, he... What is there to say? He was a... He was a true point guard. 100%. 100%. He was a true, true point guard. He's the he's one of the only guys in the league who could have 15 assists on a Monday. And then on the Tuesday after that, have a quiet 35 points. A, a, a quiet 35-point double-double. There's not a lot of people who can do that. Actually, that's a lie. There are a few people who can do that. But those guys are superstars, right? J.J. Redick is by no means a superstar, but he is certainly a talent. I mean, overall, he averaged, over his career, 16 points a game, two rebounds a game, two assists a game, shot 46% overall and 43% on three-pointers. He was dead-eye. He was dead-eye from beyond the arc, 100%. I mean, he, he was fantastic. Now... He did say why he did say that it was a few reasons why he'd be retiring. And I'll read his official statement. Um right now. Uh it was difficult for a number of reasons. Being injured, being away from my family, COVID protocols, and really truly not playing up to my standards. I would like to describe last season as a seven month exercise in coming face to face with my own athletic mora- mortality. And it was scary and confusing. Now that is a very difficult thing to do. To say, I am not in the shape I used to be. I cannot play up to my standard. I cannot, I, I'm not the person, I, I'm not the player I used to be. I need to be done. That's very difficult to do. I mean, even Kobe Bryant took a few weeks, a few years to figure that out. And I'm a huge Kobe fan. Huge Kobe fan. R.I.P. 
but it's a big deal that he was able to figure out I'm just not the person I used to be. I'm not the player I used to be. Somebody needs to tell Tom Brady that. Like, dude, you're old. You might be dominating the league, but bro, you're going to hurt yourself. <laughs> but seriously, congratulations on a luxurious career uh, with six teams throughout your career and your 15 seasons as an NBA player. JJ Redick, enjoy your retirement, dude. You definitely earned it by far. You 100% earned it, especially after leading the league in three-point percentage, 100%. I mean, well, and what was that, 15-16? Yeah, 47.5% shooting from long range in the 2015-2016 season with the Clippers. I mean, that's just impressive, right? Now on to current players. Well, kind of current players. Ben Simmons has announced that he does not want to play another game for the 76ers and does not intend on arriving or going to their team camps, to their practices. He does not intend, nor does he want to play another game for the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, I understand. Philadelphia is not the greatest place to be as a as a sports player in general. You have one bad game, all of Philadelphia turns on you. Most of Philadelphia turns on you. There are those few people who are not super super duper harsh, but I mean, it's Ben Simmons. When you can't shoot normally, when you can't shoot and you're or you're scared to shoot, Philadelphia is going to be on your back. And I get it. I don't I I, I get it on in Ben Simmons standpoint, by Ben Simmons standpoint, right? But in my opinion, in my fully fledged opinion, my own, he needs to man up. He needs to man up and treat this like any other job. Now, I'm gonna put this in in in, in terms that maybe Younger, not younger, um, more middle class people will understand, right? <laughs> um, let's say that I have a job at Target. Let's say I have a job at Target and I do not like the way they've treated me. I don't like how much they're paying me. I don't like the way customers are treating me. I don't like the way management has treated me. I don't think I'm getting enough hours, right? So I walk up to management and I say, I'm done. Trade me to Walmart. Put me over to Walmart right now. I will not be showing up for another day of work until you transfer me over or you say, hey, this guy is a really good worker, so you need to hire him. It's the same idea. Now, I understand that Philadelphia is another breed, right? But it is the same idea. Because now what, what's happened is oh, Walmart's going to look at me and be like, oh, why did you, like, why are you here now? Why did you quit Target? Oh, because I couldn't handle customers. I couldn't handle the way management treated me. I couldn't handle that I wasn't getting enough hours because I chose not to, right? It's the same idea. It is the same idea in principle, right? Not only that, I don't see where Ben Simmons can go. He fit perfectly in uh in in Philadelphia. 
I mean, yeah, maybe it wasn't the greatest environment, but he fit perfectly. Everything was, most everything was built around him, other than with Joel Embiid, of course. But most everything it was perfect for him in that situation in Philadelphia. 100%. He can't shoot, but Philadelphia overall can't really shoot that well. So, I mean, he he fit perfectly, right? Especially when you compare it to a bunch of other teams, right? The only way a team would really want him is if he could figure out how to shoot. And it seems that he knows how to shoot. He's just scared to shoot, right? Now, a lot of that could be because he's in Philadelphia. And Philadelphia is a scary place to let people down, right? But... The only possible solution in my mind is moving him to power forward. But even then, power forwards normally can shoot Kevin Durant, LeBron James, just a couple that come to mind, right? They can shoot, at least mediocrely. Ben Simmons can't shoot, period. Period blank. Now, it doesn't make sense to me why he approached this whole situation the way he did it doesn't it doesn't make it doesn't make sense to me that he walked into he's not going to show up to training camp because he's not getting treated right or he does not like the 76ers anymore it doesn't make sense to me because now what's happening is that because he's not showing up to training camp teams have nothing to base his offseason work they have nothing to base it on they have nothing to watch. Training camp is the perfect place for him to open up his open up his lengths, open up his open up what he can actually do to other teams. Because there are not a lot of teams who can first of all use him in their systems. There's also not a lot of teams who can afford him. Right now he is a part of a 5-year $177.2 million contract. He's in the second year of that. He's due for $33 million in the 2021-2022 season. There are not a lot of teams that can afford that. There's not a lot of teams that can afford that. There's not a lot of teams that can afford him to be in the lineup because they don't know how to use him. The 76ers figured out how to use him. They gave him a bunch of playing time. Figured out how to use him in the best way possible. Use him around Joel Embiid. Right? Be big in the paint. But he doesn't enjoy it. In my mind, he needs to man up. He needs to adult up. I guess you could say. He needs to adult up. And figure out what he wants to do. Go to training camp. Figure out that other teams really do want you. Or don't go to training camp. And hope that you get lucky that another team wants to trade for your $177 million contract and fill that up. I don't see a team doing it unless they give up an insane amount for him because I have a feeling the 76ers will want a lot for Ben Simmons. I would too. I would too. He's an all-star, right? But hey, what do I know? I'm unqualified. Ha-ha-ha, there it is again. I dropped the name again. 
But really, I think he just needs to man up, figure out what he's what he wants to do, and maybe, and maybe a team will pick him up. Actually, no, a team will pick him up. But they're not going to be able to use him the way the Sixers did, by any means, at all. Because, hey, he's Ben Simmons. He can't shoot, right? Oh, well, there are these videos of him shooting threes, knocking them down every time in, in pickup games. Well, I mean, that's not NBA players most of the time. That's not real defense most of the time, right? <laughs> now, who doesn't want a 6'11 shooting guard, right? <laughs> well... Shooting guard, point guard, guard in general. That can't shoot, though. It's weird. It's crazy how that works, right? Man, I could... Now, what I will say is I'm talking a lot of crap about him. I will lose a 1v1 against him. I think any of us would. We would lose by far because he's an NBA player. That's another thing fans need to keep in mind. He's an NBA player. He's a lot better than what you think he is. Sometimes you just get scared to shoot the ball, though, right? But hey, what do I know? It's not... I'm not personally... I'm not personally qualified, right? <laughs> now, what I do want to hop on to, because I just had a fantastic, fantastic week in fantasy football, I want to talk about... Derrick Henry, right? I don't have Derrick Henry on my fantasy football teams, okay? I, I'm jumping from football to basketball back to football, but in this case, NFL football. Now, Derrick Henry, right? We all know he's one of the best running backs in the league, if not the best, right? But Derrick Henry had himself a game in an overtime game on Monday Night Football, right? Let's 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 check out. I'm gonna check out. We're, we're, I'm gonna base everything off of Yahoo Sports because I know Derrick Henry's here. In Yahoo Sports, he had 51.7 points for the week. For the week, he ended up having he had 35 rush attempts. Right, 35 watch attempts. Watch attempts. Uh, rush attempts. I'm sorry. 182 rushing yards. Three rushing touchdowns, 40, 40 yards rushing something. I can't really read that because it's kind of messed up. But Derrick Henry is the – like, if, if I am a football team, if I am – not Washington specifically, but if I am an NFL team, I'd be scared to face him. I understand that it's the Tennessee Titans and that they are not everything they're cut out to be, even though last year I thought they were going to make it all the way to the – Super Bowl. They were that good. But King Henry, bro, I'd be scared. I'd be scared to face him. And then when you don't run the ball, you have Julio Jones in the backfield. I'm not totally sure I'd be comfortable with guarding either of them, with covering either of them. That'd be terrifying, right? Now, that's all I wanted to say about that. Now, to kind of wrap up this, I want to do the unqualified E of the week 
as Andrew likes to call it. Now, man, I'm not sure who the unqualified of the week is, right? Or the unqualified E of the week is. It could be a lot of them, right? But you know what? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith is the unqualified of the week. <laughs> I am unqualified to say this. By far. But Stephen A. Smith, bro, stick to basketball. Dude, I respect everything you do. Everything you do. But a lot of times, you don't know what you're talking about when it comes to football. Now, I think I just... I think I'm a little heated because he doesn't like the Cowboys, and I am a Cowboys fanatic. Stephen A. Smith, I have... If for whatever reason you are listening to this, it, for whatever reason, dude, you are one of the one of my favorite people. You are the face of ESPN. I respect you. Do your research on NFL, though. And to be fair, I don't do my research on the NFL <laughs> at all. I certainly do not do that. So apparently. Apparently, Stephen A. Smith is somehow more unqualified than me. In my mind. I mean, that's not true at all. He is qualified in everything. In all honesty, I just needed somebody. He was the first one that popped into mind. Andrew, I know you're listening to this. I promise. I thought that one through. <laughs> anyway. This was very all over the place. Wasn't sure how my first one... Uh, alone would go. However, I very much did enjoy doing it myself as well. It's enjoyable. Um, I want to thank you all for listening to Unqualified this week. Hopefully next week, or uh, hopefully next episode, uh, my partner in crime, Andrew, will be back with me uh, to be able to feed off me, be able to go back and forth. Um... I'm going to put out before we end off. We're going to I'm going to put out my I'm going to put out my uh my score guesses for the Arkansas games coming up this week. So, Arkansas plays Texas A&M. I'm going to have to go Arkansas. Oh, no, they're not scoring 40 this this game. I'm going to go Arkansas 35 Texas 24. So Arkansas wins to start 4 and 0 for the first time in a very long time. Then Arkansas State, I'm not totally sure who they play. So but let's see. Let's let's see who they play. I should have done the research on this beforehand. I apologize. They play Tulsa. Now Tulsa plays Arkansas too randomly. But Tulsa is 0 and 3. Gonna have to say Arkansas State. Let's go 45 to 40, Tulsa. And Arkansas State will win that. Arkansas State will win 45 to 40 against Tulsa uh, on September 25th. Now, if I am, I might be completely wrong on both. I have a feeling I will be very wrong on both. But, hey, you got to look on the bright side of things, right? You got to look, you got to, you got to, you got to look off into the sunset and be like, you know what? They're going to win this week. I believe in them. And that's what I'm doing. I believe in both my teams. I believe in both my teams. The Cowboys are going to win 
I promise. I promise the Cowboys are going to win. Uh, I mean, I don't even know who they play. Who do they play? They play the Eagles. The Eagles are not good, I hate to say. They're going to beat the Eagles. The Cowboys will win against the Eagles. Anyway, so I got Arkansas, Arkansas State, and the Cowboys winning this week. Or this coming up week, I guess. I do one again. Thank you so much for listening. This has been very all over the place. I'm still trying to figure out, get my bearings down. Um, make sure to go follow all of my uh, inst- all of my social media handles. Uh, the Will Stafford on everything. Um, well, on Instagram, I guess it's not on everything. Um, Lumos on YT on Twitter. Um, uh, I don't really use Twitter, but you know, go ahead and go follow me on there. Um, and make sure to tune in to the next episode. If you haven't listened to the first episode, it's a pretty big banger. Um, or it's, it's a banger. It's definitely a banger. Um, we talk about that was the week of, that was the week after college football started. So make sure to go check that one out. It's pretty good. Uh, we talk about some hypotheticals there. Um, and certainly do, um, check out Arkansas State University. Uh, check out all of their social media handles. Uh, I don't have any of them written down, but certainly do look those up because they are certainly giving me a big opportunity to do things, um, to do things that I never imagined I'd ever be able to do. So thank you again so much for listening. My name is Will Stafford. This is Unqualified Podcast, where I really am not unqualified. I am still not qualified at all. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening.